Saturday morning, and welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host. Oh, Thanksgiving's over. One check, check it off the calendar. One holiday down. Had an absolutely amazing Thanksgiving on Long Island with my wife's family. We had a great time. You know, all kinds of traditions. But boy, those people knock it out of the park down there when it comes to Christmas decorations. There is a challenge in every neighborhood. Everybody has to show up the neighbor. They all deck the halls. It really, really is festive. I love it. And to me, this time of year, it's really about decorating. You know, the circumstance of having to run to the mall and Black Friday. I hope you didn't go out yesterday. I hope you didn't go out and shop on Thanksgiving. I hope you stayed home. I hope you enjoyed yourself with your family and friends. You know, maybe you took a walk instead of going to the mall or some other store. But if you went, I hope the crowds weren't too bad and uh, you enjoyed yourself at least one way or the other. But Thanksgiving's over. I'm thankful for Thanksgiving that is over because it's so late this year. You know, it's really been kind of a struggle to get people in the mood of decorating for Christmas. It's a week late. We're basically looking at almost 10 days later at this point. You better get going. You know, if you don't get your decorating done soon, what's going to happen is you're going to run into the whole gift situation and then you're just going to say, how the heck with it? You know, and there's nothing worse than a holiday that doesn't have all those decorations, all those things up. So today we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things. We're going to talk about the Christmas with Alpacas event that's coming up uh, on the 7th and 8th of December. Um, Next week we'll be talking with Tom Monroe from Christmas with Alpacas. He'll tell us about everything that's going on. We'll give you kind of a quick snapshot there. Also, I wanted to tell you how unbelievable a time we had at the main markets, greenhouse market we had last weekend. Um, It was absolutely a fun, exciting holiday event that we hosted. Uh, A lot of 27 vendors were there. Uh, Just the crowds were amazing. Really cool local artisan gifts. We're already talking about next year doing a second event with that group just to have more fun, give you more options at Christmas time, just a really, really, really fun event and and different and interesting things made by local Maine artisans. So that's part of the premise around the Christmas with Alpacas uh, event also is that it really, really, really encompasses telling folks how they make this alpaca fiber. It tells kids how they they make these mittens, how they um, spin the yarn, all of those things. So we'll talk with Tom Monroe um, next week, uh, more details about that. But the greenhouse market this past weekend was just amazing. It was totally fun. I had a blast. Had, uh, you know, food trucks there. We had all kinds of events going on. Just amazing. If you missed it, keep tabs on us on these events because they're just getting better and better and better. But today... Ah, let's take a little relaxing, you know, breath before we have to do all the work to get ready for Christmas. Okay, I hope you're in the Christmas spirit now. I hope you're not stuck in that rut of, I need to go shopping for gifts and do all this stuff for people that you may or may not like. You know, I hope that you're getting into the holiday season and enjoying and inviting people over and just having a blast, decorating, putting the lights up, getting your Christmas tree. 
We're going to talk more about that. Also, how to pick the perfect Christmas tree, what type, how to preserve them, make sure they really do well for you in the home. We're also going to talk a little bit about how to measure your roping, how to preserve your wreath if you want to put it in between a storm door and your regular door. Some people don't have the option. How to hang those wreaths, what type of hangers, you know, all of that type of stuff. So I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, though. Let's kind of back up because Thanksgiving for me was just a phenomenal time. We had a great time down on Long Island, you know, and the traditions that my wife's family have are great. You know, everything from the food to what they do to play games, you know, all the different family functions and and things going on. Big Italian family. So we had a blast. I love Christmas at their house, too. Now, my family is not as traditional. We don't have as many traditions per se, though this will be the first Christmas that we're staying home at our house. So I'm trying to come up with some different traditions that we can make our own and start that fun kind of environment. So we'll be hosting Christmas Eve this year, which is going to be a blast. I've got some great ideas. Let's see how I can execute. You know, my wife is the master of planning, and she'll be cooking up a storm. I'm going to have to come up with some other things to do, you know, maybe some spiked eggnog. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm not a big eggnog guy, but um, certainly... There'll be plenty of uh, cocktails flowing and everybody having a good time. So, But let's talk about Christmas trees because this typically is the weekend when everybody really starts thinking about purchasing Christmas trees. So the first thing we need to think about when you're buying a Christmas tree is are you going to cut your own or aren't you? That's the first decision you have to think about. And to me, weather usually dictates some of that. Now, I don't cut my own Christmas tree due to the fact we sell them. So I get the pick of the litter. I've already picked out my Christmas tree. It's been picked out for about five days now. And I have that benefit because I open all of them up, price them, <laughs> and get the pick of the litter. It takes about 10 minutes. And for most people, it's the toughest decision of the season. So here's a few things that I wanted to kind of talk about when it comes to Christmas trees. Number one, they all look good with lights and ornaments. One little hole can be filled by a beautiful ornament and some lights, and it all disappears. So don't get hung up on necessarily, you know, a little hole here, a little hole there. It's not really a big problem. Having some openness is not necessarily a bad thing if you have nice big ornaments. So that's first thing. I love the fact that people go round and round and round and look at every single tree. And nine times out of ten, the first one or two that you see that you really like is the one you're going to come back to. So if it calls your name, buy it. There's no need to really look any further than that. The one thing I do want to recommend, bring a tape measure, because height is always something. We always have one available. But height is always the thing. You don't want to be like Mr. Griswold, where all of a sudden you bring it in the house and they grow inside. You're out in the nursery. You're looking at these Christmas trees on stands. They're perfect. They look great. And boy, all of a sudden, they look small out there. You're like, boy, I don't know if that's big enough. I, I'm not quite sure. And then you bring them in the house, and you're like, oh, my God, this thing is monstrous. It's 17 feet wide. It's three feet too long. Here comes the saw. Next thing, you've created this huge job to put up your Christmas tree. 
The other thing I want you to do is go out to the garage or the attic or wherever you store your stand before you go to buy a Christmas tree. Pull it out. See if it's broken. See if you just need to replace it. Maybe the screws are bent. Maybe you've had it for 25 years. And you might need to think about buying a new stand. Okay? But obviously, this is the classic situation that we run into in the garden center. Here's the husband and wife. And the wife is going, ah, I think we need a new Christmas tree stand. And the husband is going, ah, no. No, the one we've got, fine. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. So they decide not to buy a stand. The couple leaves. An hour and a half later, the husband comes back looking to buy a stand. And usually the reason is, at this point, they couldn't fit it in the stand. Something was broken. It doesn't hold enough water. Um, All of these problems start to arise, which in tune, this joyous time of year creates an environment that is not so pleasant anymore. And you just want it done. So you run in and you buy the biggest stand you can, the most expensive stand you can. This thing will screw the tree in by itself almost. So plan on that a little bit because it's much easier when you have the tree right there. We can help you make a choice that's appropriate. The stands we sell are really lifetime stands. They're stands that I've had mine for 15 years. Holding up still great. Holds a gallon and a half of water, you know, which is a crucial thing when you're thinking about a Christmas tree. Water is the number one thing you really need to, to pay attention to. So you want a stand that's going to hold a lot of water so you don't have to get under there and fill it every five minutes. Okay, so we've got all that, you know, we've gone through that whole process. So you've made a decision, you're coming to the garden center. You know, it's too cold or it's snowy or whatever. You you decided, I'm not going to cut your own Christmas tree farm. So you come and you start looking at trees. Now we've got two different types of trees. We've got balsam fir, which is your traditional Christmas tree, okay? And then we have Fraser fir. Other people will have white pine, they'll have Douglas fir, they'll have blue spruce. We only carry two types, balsam and Fraser. okay? Here's the major difference between the two. Number one, Fraser fir takes an extra year in order to produce the same tree, okay? It's heavier branched, the needles are more rounded than flat, It's got a silver underside to the needle, and they hold heavy ornaments much better than balsam fir. The big claim to fame, though, for me, is their needle retention. They're typically $5 to $10 more for a tree, but once you have a Fraser fir and you see how little mess there is, you will want one year in and year out. They just really hold up well. Now, They don't have the fragrance of a balsam fir, which for some people, that's really, really important. My, the way I get around that is a nice balsam scented candle. For me, I work around it every day. I'm decorating wreaths, we're decorating kissing balls and loading Christmas trees. I can't even smell a balsam fir at all anymore. It's like second nature to me. Okay, the first day we unload the wreaths or the trees, boy, it is pungent. It's just amazing. Now I can't smell it. 
So when you come into the garden center, you're like, oh, it smells so good in here. I can't smell it, unfortunately. I'm desensitized at this point. So balsam fir is your traditional Christmas tree, typically 5 to $10, a little bit less expensive. Doesn't hold its needle quite as, as well, though it typically has a little bit fuller-bodied tree. Fraser fir are a little narrower, a little bit tighter for those tight spaces, heavier branches. But balsam fir tend to splay out a little bit more. They tend to have a little more arching habit. They have that wonderful fragrance. And for 95% of us, the needle retention is just fine. And speaking of needle retention, let's talk a little bit about that. Because when your trees are cut doesn't necessarily lead to better needle retention or them dropping more needles. Number one, a lot of times it has to do with the growing season. It has to do with how wet it was in the summer and fall and how much moisture was in the tree when they were cut. Because really, by the time they're cut, they have as much moisture in them and they'll suck it up out of that stand just as quick as can be. Okay, so Christmas trees, we've got a whole host of other things we're going to talk about on how to preserve your Christmas tree. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. We know you have lots of choices when buying plants and garden supplies. But wouldn't you rather come to someone at your local garden center where you know us and we know you? Someone who knows Maine soil, Maine's climate, and knows what plants will thrive here. Someone who will make sure you find what you're looking for here or at one of our other independent garden centers. We support each other and work together to satisfy you. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine at maineigc.com. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Mespoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. There's a tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com slash videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. The drifting scent of balsam in the air can mean only one thing. It's Christmas time at Estabrooks and Yarmouth. Transform your house into a home for the holidays with fresh greens, bright red winter berries, glistening ribbon, rustic pine cones, and twinkling lights. No time to decorate? Choose from a wide selection of handsomely decorated wreaths and holiday baskets or have an expert at the Holiday Design Center personalize a special wreath for your door. The holidays are here. Make them special with a little help from Estabrooks. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of the holidays. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook. We're talking Christmas trees. You know, but let's face it, it's the 30th. Thanksgiving's over. 
were actually a week later because Thanksgiving was so late. We have sold quite a few trees already. People who bought them just before Thanksgiving, put them up with their family, you know, during Thanksgiving. Great way to kind of kick your holiday season off. And we're finding this more and more where people are buying their Christmas trees just before Thanksgiving. They're putting them up Thanksgiving afternoon with the whole family. And then, of course, a lot of the family members leave, go home, and then they come back at Christmas time. So how great is it to put the tree up with your family at Thanksgiving, enjoy it the whole season, and then when they're back home for Christmas, you get them roped in to put it, take it down before they leave, okay? Or if you're somebody like me that likes to leave it up till New Year's, that's, that's great too. But I like the help. <laughs> I like help packing all those ornaments away and doing all of that. So that's one of the traditions I'm thinking in, in my particular situation we're going to do. I think that's going to be a whole fun thing. Okay, Thanksgiving's done. Time to put up the tree. You know, we're talking about how to keep your tree fresh, okay? And so at this point in in, in the process, we've picked out our tree we've got our stand everything's all set so there's a few things i wanted to talk about okay number one wilt proof is something we should think about okay we've talked about that for use outside on our plants and if you haven't done that you still have time pick a nice warm day you can still do that but using it on your christmas tree and all your greens inside is another way it's another way to help keep your plant fresh obviously your christmas tree is is dead okay so how do we keep as much moisture in it and keep it happy now first off you've come and you've bought your tree the question we're probably going to ask you is are you planning on putting this tree up today because if you are we can do a fresh cut for you right at the garden center okay a fresh cut on the bottom of the tree is probably the number one most important thing everyone should do. And I know most people are out there listening going, hmm, doesn't everybody do that? I will tell you we have four or five people every year that call up and say, my tree is dropping all kinds of needles. And the first thing we'll say is, did you cut the bottom of the tree? And the response nine times out of ten is, no, I didn't know I needed to. Or, oh, I thought that was done at the garden center. Or, oh, I thought my husband did it, but I guess he didn't. Or, I didn't have a saw. Whatever the issue is, that's the most important thing. Okay? So, we make a nice fresh cut. It can be just a quarter of an inch. All it needs to be is a fresh cut. It really needs to happen within an hour, of, hour or two of you putting it up. Okay, it's important if you're going to have the tree cut at the garden center, even if you're not going to put it up within a couple hours, just throw it in a bucket of water when you get it home. Okay, and then when you bring it in later that evening, get it right into water also. Okay, so we've cut the tree, we've got it in the stand, we've put water in the stand. The water temperature is extremely important. It needs to be room temperature water. Cold water will help, you know, um, those pores in the tree, it will make them kind of shrink. Hot water will actually scald them and close them. 
So you want a nice even temperature water, okay? Get that nice warm water. It doesn't be hot. doesn't want to be cold. Kind of in between. Fill the stand with that. The first 48 to 48 plus hours, it's important. You're probably, your tree is going to take anywhere from two to four liters every 12 hours. At least it should. Now, not every tree takes as much due to the fact that some are less hydrated, some are more hydrated. But keeping that stand full the first 48 hours is very crucial. When you bring that tree inside, it's 60 to 70 degrees in your home, and you've had it outside in that, well, let's face it, (laughs) it can be 10 degrees like we've had in the past week, you know, or it could be 40 degrees out. But it's a big temperature swing. So the plant is going to try to take up as much moisture. So having ample moisture. The other thing is I like using a product like Prolong. Okay, Prolong is an additive you use to the water. And it just helps with that, getting that moisture into the tree. Is it necessary? No. Do, Do you need to use it? No. Is it something that will help? Yes. But it's not necessary. So we've got the tree in the stand. The water's going into it. The needle has warmed up at this point. Now's the time to think about spraying your wilt proof. I don't want you to spray it when the needle is frozen. So that's why I want you to get it in. I want you to let it warm up a little bit. And typically, if you're going to use wilt proof, you need to let it dry before you put your lights and ornaments on. So you have to kind of prep a little bit. You have to think about getting the tree in maybe the night before you want to decorate it, get it in the stand, get the water into it, and spray it that evening, and then it will dry by the following evening when you want to decorate. So it it requires a little more planning. I don't use Wilt Proof on mine. I use Fraser Fur. Balsam Fur's I think, a little bit more, you know, um, would be more appropriate. But just wanted to put that out there as an option. So wilt proof could can be great. We also will talk a little bit about using wilt proof on your wreaths. Okay? Because they're out in the sun. Okay, so we'll talk a little bit about that later later on in the in the show. So, alright. We've got the tree in the stand. We've got everything squared away. Now it's time for lights. Hopefully you've done your maintenance on your lights like we talked about in past weeks. You've plugged them in. You've checked them, whatnot. This is the other thing you should be thinking about before you come to the garden center to buy a tree. Do you need to purchase new lights? We've talked about in past shows how we sell commercial-grade lights. They're excellent. They really hold up well. Heavy wires. The lights don't go out if one bulb goes out. All of those things we've talked about in the past. So... Again, check your lights before you have another situation. Okay, we want to avoid holiday situations. Okay, so now you've got the lights on. Everything's good. The key to success for the rest of the life of the tree in your home is water. The longer you want to keep it in the house, the more you have to water it. So my suggestion is you check the tree every morning and every night and fill, 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 regardless if it's low or not. Always fill it back up. Because what I find with Christmas trees is 
all of a sudden, they tend to take up a ton of water when you least expect it. And I'm not sure why that is the case, but it can be one day in, it can be three days in, it might be a week in, and all of a sudden the tree takes up all the water out of the stand, it dries out, and then you're done. There's nothing you can do. You can't go back. You can't add more water and and it be taken up. So think about all of that. Last but not least, the one thing I didn't mention early in the process that you may want to do is they have these wonderful Christmas tree bags that you can put underneath the stand. Okay, and what they are is they're a wonderful bag that will go right up over the tree so there's no needles and no mess going out of the house. So think about purchasing one of those also and putting it underneath your stand. And you just take the bag, you know, if you have a nice skirt underneath your tree, it'll cover it right up. And then when you get ready to take your tree out, you just take this bag and you put it up over the stand and everything. Okay, and what that does is it keeps all the needles from going everywhere when you go to take the tree out at the end of the season. Now, I personally don't want to take you to take that to the landfill with that bag on there. I want you to take it outside, and I want you to take the bag off. I want you to shake it all, all the needles out, and then I want you to pack that bag away with your Christmas stuff and put it inside the tree stand for next year. I know that's a lot of prepping. But if you put it in the tree stand, when you go to get the tree stand for next year, the bag's there, everything's there for the following year. And you can use those bags multiple times. It's not a problem. So Christmas trees, there's a little work to get them to last well. And the size stand is really important. The more water you have in your stand, the better the tree is going to last. So more often than not, you know, important, that temperature of water, the prolong, and then how often, you know, keep that stand full. Okay, Christmas trees, we beat that to death, okay? Most of us know the whole process. Hopefully you were able to take a couple little tips in there. Again, take a look at the Fraser fir, take a look at the balsam fir, try one you know, of the Frasers, and once you do, I think you're going to find you're really going to love the tree. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was roping, because here's the other thing when we're decorating that we never take into account how much roping we need, and nine times out of ten, people just come and go, I don't know, I got to do a door, I got to do a lamp post, I want to do my mantle, I want to do this, that, whatever it might be. But a lot of times we don't know the linear feet we need. You know, are you kind of going to, you know, drape it? Are you going to do a straight line? You know, for instance, if you're doing, if you have a single nice 30 inch door or a 36 inch door, you need 18 feet to go from the bottom up over the top and down. Minimum 18 feet. It might be 20 feet. So here's a tip for your roping. Okay, the number one thing you can do to help yourself out is if you have a ball of string or rope. So you want to put roping on your fence. Go out and put your fasteners in place where you want and then drape the string how you think you want it to look. 
a little higher, a little lower, oh, straight, whatever it might be. Then measure the string. Okay? That's going to give you the number of feet you need to hit the right situation so that you don't get there and you're five feet short. It's never good when that happens because it just looks completely wrong. Now, if you have simple things like a lamppost that's six feet, okay, we know you need 10 feet minimum. You might need 12, depending on how many loops you want to do. If you have a regular standard door, we know that's going to be 18 or 20 feet. So some things we can help with, but when it comes to specific things, it's very tough. So use lamppost, prime example, take the string and wrap it around, okay? And then lay the string out and measure it, okay? If you're doing greens inside, okay, like you want to put roping on your banister or you want to put roping someplace indoors, it really can't go in until about a week before Christmas with live greens, now, many of the artificials are really phenomenal now. You can't even tell. So on the indoor stuff, I usually recommend if you're decorating for the holidays, the, the, the high-quality artificials are really good, and they're worth the money. And that's all we sell is the high-grade. You really, from about five feet away, can't tell. But the nice part is you always can do them early, and so your house is set up through the whole holiday season. Then if you want to add some greens, you know, just before the holiday for scent and doing some special things, you can do it right before the holiday that you're having everyone over. But I really don't recommend, you know, regular old greens indoors other than about a week before because you're going to just drop needles all over the place. Okay. So that's kind of my tips for roping. Roping's kind of always one of those things where they come in 25 or 30 foot coils and we can cut them to any size you want. It is more cost effective to buy them as coils and then cut them yourself because there's no labor involved for us. Now, the last tip I'm going to give you is if you're buying full coils and you need to cut them, this is important. Roping is built on a piece of rope. Imagine that, right? But the thing is, when you cut it, you have to tie off that, those greens and the rope together. Otherwise, it just unravels. And every year we have a few people come back and say, oh, my roping is all falling apart. It's just falling off the rope. It's junk. I, I want credit. And you have to, where you cut it, you have to tie it off or use some wire um, or a potato ring or whatever it might be. You need to tie it off, okay, so it doesn't unravel. Okay, so roping we're done with. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Fall is in the air, leaves are changing, pumpkins turning, and fall is the best time to plant trees, shrubs, and perennials. You can buy your plants and garden supplies almost anywhere. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine, working together to ensure you, the customer, gets the best quality advice and service. Visit us at MainIGC.com to see the closest IGC member near you, then stop by your local member garden center, where we'll help you select the best product for Maine's climate and soil. We work together to satisfy you. Visit us at MainIGC.com. 
For over 60 years, Wiltproof has provided the most effective protection against moisture loss in plants under water stress, and no other product comes close. Our non-hazardous, organic, and biodegradable film is like having several layers of protection. As the outside layer of Wiltproof wears off with the weather, another layer forms. Wiltproof is the only horticulture anti-transparent that has the ability to provide this long-lasting protection. Put your trust in Wiltproof. Check out their site at wiltproof.com. That's wilt-proof, P-R-U-F, dot com. The holidays should be a time for celebrating tradition while bringing family and friends together. Unfortunately, it often turns into a season of frustration and stress. Simplify your holidays by visiting Estabrooks in Yarmouth. Learn how to decorate with lifelike artificial greens that provide all the beauty and none of the mess. Have a design expert tailor an elegant centerpiece for your holiday table or pick up a thoughtful gift from the Garden Emporium. Thanks to Estabrooks, your holidays can be beautiful and stress-free at the same time. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of the holidays. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, on another great Saturday morning. Saturdays are just flying by. Last week there we were uh, had the main markets at the Garden Center and it was a fabulous event and this coming weekend, the 7th and 8th, we have Christmas with alpacas. Now, I know a lot of you folks have come to this event. It's, uh, I believe, our fifth or sixth year. And next week, we're going to be talking with Tom Monroe. Uh, Tom is from Abbott Farm Alpacas. And he is one of the founders of this event. And what this event really kind of wraps around is education, more than sales even. Okay? This event really has kind of was to bring alpaca fiber more mainstream and get more customers understanding why they should be wearing and using alpaca fiber and, you know, understanding the animal because in some ways sometimes the animal has a little bit, you know, bad reputation, you know, uh, they can tend to spit. Um, but usually they're a pretty docile animal, very cute, very cuddly. Um, the nice part about this event, which I love, is they put the alpacas on leashes. You know, it sounds a little weird, right? But the kids can walk them around the nursery. They get to get up close and personal with them. They're very, very, very soft um, and just a really fun animal. The other thing is this really, not only they will have mittens and hats and scarves and all, all their wares that they're selling, but they also have craft stuff for the kids. So they're going to show you how they spin the yarn. They're going to have a little coloring station where you can put a little alpaca fiber on the coloring, you know, paper and and you draw an animal and you color it. They they've got face painting and all kinds of stuff going on. So it's a great free kids event. You know, so you can kind of tie all kinds of things together. You can get your Christmas tree, you can pick up your wreaths and roping and all that, but then you also have the kids. There's going to be food at the event. We've got a couple vendors coming in. 
There'll be a food truck there on Sunday. There's uh, another um, cafe that'll be there on Saturday. So, you know, there's a whole host of things. There's a cookie person that just is phenomenal. I love the cookies there. Um, So there's just all these really neat, fun, interesting things and distinct gifts again. So come check it out, 7th and 8th. Again, like I said, next week we'll have Tom Monroe from, uh, you know, Abbott Farm Alpacas. He'll uh, be telling us about more about what the event's all about. And they also have teamed up with Make-A-Wish, um, which is a great charity. And they really are, are proud to be a sponsor of that event and, and to give back. So uh, Christmas with Alpacas, 7th and 8th of December. Stop by in the Yarma store and see us. It's going to be a great time. Always a fun event. It's nice because it's in the greenhouse and it's nice and warm. So, you know, if you're out buying a tree, you get a little cold, you can pop into the greenhouse, you know, have a good time for a little bit, and then uh, continue on with your decorating needs. So, we covered roping. We cu- we've covered all our cut trees. Let's talk about wreaths, okay? Because wreaths are something that is out there to the sun all the time. Okay, so again, like I said, wilt-proof is your friend in this situation. It's not a bad thing. It will, it dries very quickly on your wreaths. We do this with a lot of our mail-order wreaths we sent out, and that was the other thing I wanted to mention is we do also do mail-order wreaths. So if you have gifts you want to send, you can go to our website, estabrooksonline.com, and you can order your wreaths there, and we'll ship them all over the country. Okay, and there's pictures of them. If you want something custom done, something that's special, special colors, whatnot, don't hesitate to either call or come into the garden center. You can pick something off our wall that's done, and for a fee, we'll just ship that wreath. Okay, bing, bang, boom, you're done. You don't have to go to the post office. You don't go to the UPS store, FedEx, get a box, do all of that stuff. If you just need a box, you're making your own wreath or whatnot, Stop in. We have boxes for sale also. So we make it easy there. But let's talk about wreaths on your home, okay? Because customers always are frustrated that their wreaths start to brown up before the end of the season. So wilt-proof is your friend. But the other thing I want to make sure you're not doing is putting it in between your storm door and your regular door. Because you're, you're creating a greenhouse situation where the sun is beating on that door and is heating up like a broiler in there. So it really needs to be on the outside of the door. Now, the main reason I wanted to talk about wreaths outside was how do we hang them? Okay. Now, many people... It's not a problem because you've got wood siding. You can put a nail or a screw or whatnot in. It's not an issue. But when it comes to doors, a lot of times they're metal, you know, or you have vinyl siding. You don't want to put a screw or a nail through that. So we have all the different hangers that will work effectively for you. First off, we've got vinyl siding holders. They slide up underneath the vinyl siding, and they hook on to where it attaches to the wall. It's a great invention, and they can stay there, and you can use them year in and year out. You can hang many things off of them. 
and they blend right into the siding. You can't even really see them, but it's a nice little hook, and you won't hurt your siding or anything. Okay, so check those out in the garden center. Number two, if you have a metal door or a metal storm door, it's always tough to get something to hang on there. So we have magnetic holders that stick right to the door. These magnets are strong. You shouldn't have any problem. If it's an extra large wreath, has a lot on it, maybe put two holders is the way we've got around it with some folks. The other thing is if you have a glass window, this is the nice part. They have a metal piece that goes on the inside of the window and a metal and the magnet goes on the outside and it sticks through the window. Okay, so this is a great way to deal with those little problems. Okay. Ten or fifteen dollars, you have it forever. You can use it season in, season out. You can leave it on the door. It doesn't look bad. And then last but not least, we have all the overhead door hangers you can think about. That hang over the door. They shut in the door. It's not a problem. They're inexpensive, like $2. A real easy, easy, easy way to do that. So let's take the problem out of how you're going to hang them. Okay. Because we all run into that situation. Now maybe you're like me that has the nails above the windows. And they've been there for years. Use a galvanized or a stainless steel nail or screw so they don't rust over the years and then you have these rust stains that come down the down the house. Or the other thing when you're painting, make sure and paint them. Okay? So just a quick tip of how you can make sure you don't create another problem down the road. So you should have your wreaths up by now. That doesn't mean you do because Thanksgiving's so late. So Think about doing all your Christmas trees, your trees, all everything at once this year. What's the worst that happened? You buy the tree and you put it up a week from now. It's sitting in your yard. It's only going to be sitting at the garden center also. Just remember that fresh cut. Okay? So we've got the wreaths up. All these holders work great for swags also or anything else. Maybe it's a decorative basket you want to hang on the wall. That's the other thing. Let's talk porch pots. Okay, because I want to get away from cemetery basket or whatnot. I like to call them porch pots. Okay, we have cemetery baskets if you need that, where you need to go, you know, drop off a lovely container, you know, to one of your loved ones down at the the cemetery. We have many different styles, everything from log baskets to plastic pots to you name it. But then we have a more decorative look. These are higher-end baskets. They look really nice. You know, you can have a basket that hangs on the wall that matches your wreath, that matches the pot that you put on your step so that you get a real cohesive look. If there's something special, bring in your own ribbon if you want us to help with that. Or we have a huge selection of ribbon in every shape, color, style, you name it, we probably have it. It's amazing how much ribbon we sell. And even if you want to do your own, we sell it by the roll and we sell it by the yard. So don't hesitate to ask. We can customize a look in any way, shape, or form you want. All kinds of decorations put on all your wreaths and all of that. So if you come to the garden center and you don't see something decorated that you want or it's not your style, 
go ahead and ask. We can custom do anything for you, okay? And you've got my mom up in the greenhouse stuffing greens, you know, in in uh, all these baskets. You've got Jim at the, at the uh, design center with Tammy. You've got me decorating wreaths. So there's all kinds of us there to help. Just grab somebody and ask if you don't see something you like. So hopefully that will help you hang your wreaths. This week, we're just trying to make everything easier for you, okay? We're really just trying to give you little tips of how you can save time, you know, when you go to do all of this stuff. And these hangers, you know, these tips about putting the prolong in and, and making sure you you check your Christmas tree stand before you come. I'm trying to make it so you don't have to make an extra trip back. I love it when you come back. Don't get me wrong. I know the way I typically shop, and I'm usually the one that's forgetting one of these two or three things, you know, and then I always kick myself when I'm there, you know, like I don't have the measurement for the roping. Now, once you do it once, you kind of can remember, once you do it year in, year out. But when we come back, we're going to talk about live Christmas trees, okay? We're also going to talk a little bit about commercial greens, or, or live trees and live greens in a commercial situation because there's some things you need to know about that if you own a business or are putting a live Christmas tree in your business. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, a lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook. We've been talking about some things that will hopefully save you some time and anguish. You know, uh, those lovely discussions you have at the garden center of do we have this, do we have that, do we need a new stand, all of these different things that come up around the holidays. Let's face it, we pack all of this stuff away. And we don't see it for a year. So get it, get that stuff down out of the attic, kind of find the stand, do all of that. I want to talk about live Christmas trees. Now, I'm talking about plants that still have roots, not Christmas trees that have been cut. Okay, so I don't sell any live Christmas trees. We sell live trees in the fall. If you want them for your Christmas tree, you need to buy them in the fall months. We're in the winter months now, folks. That's it. It's the 30th of November. This is a winter month now. I don't care what anybody says. Some people say November's still fall. I don't believe it. It's a winter month. 
So we're talking live Christmas trees. They're either in a pot or they're bald and burlapped. A few things I wanted to talk about. Now, this is kind of a little late. We're getting kind of cold now. But you need to dig your hole to plant that tree after Christmas now before the ground freezes. Or you need to buy some bark mulch or something else to heal it in and keep that warm so that you can take the tree outside and protect the root system. Now, live trees, you cannot spend more than three to four days in the house. So if you have a live tree and you want to use it for Christmas, you can't bring it in now, expect it to be in the, in the house for a month, and then you stick it out in the snowbank and expect it to live. It's not going to happen. That plant will start to break dormancy. You'll trick it to think it's spring in a month, and you're going to stick it out in the snowbank at zero, and it's going to die as sure as can be. So a live tree can be in the house for three to four days max. I usually recommend people put it up the day before Christmas, use it Christmas, take it down the day after Christmas. If you've bought a live tree, put it on the deck. Put it someplace where you can use it, you know, and put lights on it outside. Because buying a live Christmas tree, it's very tough to do later on in the season. You usually have to buy them early. So you've dug your hole. The second thing you need to do is bring that nice warm soil inside. Put it in the basement. Keep it thawed. Don't leave it in the garage where it's going to be in five-gallon buckets and it's going to be frozen like an ice cube. It'll take about a week or ten days for that to thaw out. That doesn't really work out very well. So, here we are. We've got the hole dug. You've had it in for three days, and then you're going to take it out, and you're going to plant it like you would plant any other plant. Now, the key to success with this is water, the lifeblood of every plant. So, when the tree is in the house and thawed out, you want to be watering it periodically. Get that root ball nice and moist, and then when you take it outside, you want to water the tree in well so that it freezes very quickly. Okay? that's the key to success with live Christmas trees. Very simple, very easy. Not a big, big thing. Now, the last thing I want to talk about this week is something that a lot of business owners don't think about. Maine state law states that you need to fireproof any live greens that go into a commercial application. So a live Christmas tree, a Christmas tree that's been cut, wreaths, greens, roping, anything that is organic or could burn like a Christmas tree needs to be sprayed with fire retardant. Now we do this at Estabrooks because we have many businesses we work with that churches that want live trees. They want wreaths, they want roping, they want all these things in, in inside. This is only in a commercial application that this is necessary. Okay? And the reason being is what this does is it makes the tree, instead of burn, it makes it smoke. Okay, so basically, hopefully, will give you time to get out of the building before it starts to burn. The difference between having a tree that is has been sprayed with fire retardant and not is minutes comparative to seconds. So it is very important. Now, what has to happen? We spray down the tree. We have to bring it into the greenhouse. We spray the tree, and then we have to let it dry for a couple days. 
then it has to be transported to the location in a covered vehicle. It can be wrapped in a tarp, but it can't get wet. That's crucial because it will wash off. But I want to make sure everybody out there understand that any live greens that come inside in a commercial application by law is supposed to be sprayed. Does it happen everywhere? No. But when the fire inspector walks in your door, you have to have a certificate stating that it has been sprayed, on what date, what the items were, yada, yada, yada. And we provide that with you. There is a cost to doing this service, but it really isn't that bad. You know, it's usually about $5 on a wreath. It's, you know, $5 a foot, something like that on Christmas trees. So if you own a business, you want to be cautious of this and you want to understand. You do not have to buy the products through us. If you go to a tree farm and you cut your own tree and you want to bring it to us and we can fire retard it and then you can, you can take it back, that's fine too. We just offer this service to all commercial customers so that we make sure that they're covered under Maine state law. Another Saturday down. Where's the time go? Christmas is upon us. Christmas with alpacas next week. Going to be a fun event. Bring the kids. Food. Fun. Free. The three Fs. We love that. So get out there, you know, and decorate your yard. I'm done with the gardens at this point in the season. I'm really focusing now on the holidays. And it's for me, the holidays is about decorating. Have fun with it. Turn on the lights. Enjoy yourself this weekend. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season, and we'll talk to you next Saturday. Have a great weekend.